0: Hi everyone. Welcome to The Game Changers. This is Jeff, Simon and myself, Michael. And today we'll be discussing the um, three most influential coaches of the past probably 40 years. Um, Tim Sheens, Craig Bellamy and Wayne Bennett. Um, we'll each have our own perspective on these three coaches and we'll take turns just discussing them in turn. So Simon, you want to start with Tim Sheens? Yep. Yeah.
1: Geez, that's
2: uh, a surprise, Simon. <laughs> yeah, with that West Tigers jumper on,
1: right? he's influential to me. Uh, so Tim Sheens was a three-time Dalian Coach of the Year. Uh, his first role as a head coach was with Penrith in 1984. Now Penrith came into the comp in 1967. Uh, never qualified for a semi-finals. Uh, Tim Sheens uh, took them to their first semi-final appearance in '85. Uh, he also took him to the final of a, of a Panasonic Cup uh, in 1987. Uh, he gave Penrith credibility. Um, he unearthed stars like Greg Alexander and Brad Izard. And before his time finished there at Penrith, he, he debuted uh, such players as Mark Guire and John Cartwright.
2: Simon, did he, he. He went from playing to basically coaching. Correct. Because his career, I think, finished early 80s. Am I yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So he went from being a Penrith player, had a year off, and then became their coach in 84. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, he gave them instant credibility because uh, they, were, they were the chocolate soldiers. They used to melt in the second half. I remember <laughs> a,
2: a playoff semi final. I think it was the year they made the semis. Yeah. Against, against Manly. Manly. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, he, he put
1: Penrith on the right path. And from then, 1988. Uh, he signed with the Canberra Raiders Uh, he had nine seasons there from 88 to 1996 and his record there is phenomenal Um, in those nine seasons they only missed the semis once Um, he gave them their inaugural premiership, Canberra, in 89 when they beat Balmain 1990 they went back to back and 89 would have hurt yes okay uh, <laughs> 1990 they went back to back they beat Penrith and they almost uh, completed the three peat because 91 uh, they, they got run down by Penrith in the grand final uh, so he, he was he was he did phenomenally well at Canberra I even think 94 uh, they won the comp again uh, his third Premiership and I still think I wrote it down their back line in 94 was Fullback Brett Mullins. The wingers were Nagus and Noan Endrugu. The centres were Malman Ningo and Ruben Wiki, And the halves were Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart. Now, to this day, I will, I will say that is the greatest back line that's ever been assembled.
2: Simon, so, mean, just on that, and we're talking about him winning three premierships, which is an incredible achievement mm-hmm. in itself. Yep. But those names that you just rattled on, yeah. Rambled right. well, through, every one of them are internationals. Correct. Um, you go to their forwards, Lomax. I think um, Bradley Clyde, yeah. Gary Coyne, stated I yeah. mean, he basically had. If they weren't state of origin players, they were internationals. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that um, he's not a great coach. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, the talent in that side. Mm-hmm. helped him achieve those three premierships without a doubt.
0: I had a look earlier today and out of that back line of seven, you've got one immortal in Mel Meninga yeah. and three hall of famers in Ricky Stewart, Laurie
2: Daly and Ruben Wicky. Yeah. And it's... then you talk about a superstar like Mullins. Yeah. Who yeah. at his peak was probably the best fullback in the world. In the world. Yeah. Um and I'm sure you're going to get onto his achievements or his non-achievements further yeah. down the track. Yeah. But I just think, you know, whilst it's a great achievement winning three premierships, yeah. um, he did have the side to do it. Yeah. Is that a fair comment? It is, you know, I think but so. I'll say no coach can win without cattle. There's no question about yeah. that. I, I mean,
1: there's some superstar sides in the NRL now that we all sit and scratch our heads and say, "What is this team not doing well? Yeah. So it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Um Okay, so at the end of 96, um, 97, there was the Super League season and Super League wanted a strong competition. So they uh, wanted Tim Sheens to go to the Cowboys and they wanted them to be a force. So he was recruited there. Now, he remained there till 2001. Uh, His time there is it's quite forgettable. I mean... They didn't qualify for the semis in any of his five seasons and actually won the wooden spoon twice. Um, I will say a little known fact about Tim Sheens' time in North Queensland. For him to take that job, I mean, there was no need for him to leave Canberra. He'd won three premierships in nine years. He could have stayed there forever. Now, he was promised by Super League that if he took the North Queensland job, that their two biggest rising stars that they had signed to the Super League was Brett Kamali and Scott Hill. And they assured him he would get them at North Queensland and he could build a side around them. Then when the NRL was about to start and they had to cut teams, it was decided that Melbourne was going to come into the comp. And the NRL thought, well, we need Melbourne to be strong. So they sent Kamali and Hill to Melbourne and... They gave Tim Sheens, Noel Goldthorpe, and Paul Green, who were at the latter stages of their career. Hmm. And you've got to think, in 99, Scott Hill and Brett Camorley are very instrumental in winning the Storm, their maiden
2: premiership. Any particular reason you brought up 99, my friend? No, just because. <laughs> so, whilst I acknowledge the fact that he did Lose two quality plays in Kamali and and Hill that he was supposed to get. Yep. With his reputation and with his record.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I, I just think that he could have done a little bit better because those five years he was at North Queensland they were horrible. Okay. But I, I would I would say now that they were the laughing stock of the NRL and the and the Super League. Well, it was a horrible sport. There's no question. It was, it was a but stuff. if you have a reputation of a great coach, mm. which is what he did, and I'm not again. I'm not taking anything away from what he did at Canberra, but you would have thought with a reputation like his, Mm -hmm. they would have done a bit better. But as you said, you've got to have the cattle. Yeah. So from there, um, he actually gets
1: sacked uh, from the Cowboys in the middle of 2001. He sits out 2002. uh, Before 2002 is finished, he's um, announced as the West Tigers coach for 2003 onwards. Now, the West Tigers were founded in 2000. Uh, They were a mid-table side at best. They were always engulfed in publicity for on- and off-field indiscretions. In 2004, uh, the Tigers gave him an an open checkbook, and he signed Scott Prince, Brett Hodgson, Todd Payton, Paul Fadawira. Uh,
2: As a West Tigers supporter, Simon, what were your first thoughts on him signing? Um, I thought, I'll be honest, I thought he
1: had passed it. I thought, wow, okay, yep, yeah, great coach with great sides. Yep. He's right. going to be starting from the bottom with the West Tigers. Can he rebuild a side? He did it at Penrith, but yep. this was 2003. He rebuilt Penrith in 84. It was 19 years it's a long time right. between, yeah, it was between a long drinks. Time yeah, between drinks. I thought he's going to give us credibility. Three-time Premiership winning coach. Those coaches don't become available every day. I said, give it a go. Yeah. So, of course, famously, the West Tigers win the comp in 2005. I still think, as you said, Canberra were, were chock full of talent. I think winning the 05 Premiership with the West Tigers is his crowning glory. Yeah, uh, they would not have won uh, the grand final in 05 if they had any other coach um, I don't yeah, know, why, why do
2: you say that I'm okay, interested I, I, because say this, they played some super rugby league they did
1: they were a very small side yeah. they had a very small forward pack yeah. uh, but they would run teams ragged people like Anthony Lefranchi Chris Hines and Liam Fulton would, would just run teams ragged and I just think with Scott Prince steering the ship, and at that time you had the sublime skills of Benji Marshall who would just jump in and out of games. You had Farah who could, even at that age, destroy teams out of dummy half. I just think that no other coach would have allowed his team to play that way. Um, And I'll I'll even go so far as, in the the prelim final against St. George, which the West Tigers were, were heavy underdogs, Geez, that's a bad memory. Before before the West Tigers ran on the field, they were just about to run on the field, he's grabbed Scott Prince, Bristol Hodgson and Benji Marshall and said, come here. This is five minutes before they're about to run out for the biggest game of their lives. And he said, the first run we get, Hodgson, you go to 5'8", Benji, you go to second receiver. He goes, Mark Asney struggles with reading defense. I think we can get him. So, first scrum, Hodge go to 5-8, Benji go one outside him and run at Gazny. You know, game starts, two minutes into the game, the Dragons make an error. We get a scrum feed 30 metres out from the Dragons line. Hodge into 5, eight, Benji, goose step, gets Just around score Gazny, scores the try. Mm-hmm. And St. George were on the back foot for the whole game. Yeah. Now, he literally told them that. And when he said that to Scott Prince and Benji, they said, we've never practiced that. He goes, No, don't worry about it. And they said, Well. What about Shane Elford? He's the centre. He goes, no, don't even tell
2: him about it. That's interesting because when you say they never practice it, watching the West Tigers that year, they played so much football off the cuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, whilst you need great defence to win a premiership, um, and that's been proven over the years, Mm. uh, I think Penrith and the West Tigers are the only teams since Penrith, I think it was 2003, um, that have had... Really bad defensive records and won premierships. Yeah, and mm. if you look back on how they played, mm. they played some brilliant attacking football. Yeah. They played yeah. to outscore the other side. Whether this other side scored 30 points, they were confident mm-hmm. they could score 40, 40, 30. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 fair, point. fair I think, point. I think,
0: as well, a great um, it, it, it reflects well on Tim Sheen's West Tigers in 2005, one of the only teams I would say. That I can remember that won a grand final without a big name forward and forcer. Big, um, like they had Good players up. like John Scandalis, who was a tough player, don't mm. get me wrong, great yeah. player, wholehearted player, wholehearted. Mm. Anthony LaFranchi, another tough player, mm. Bangalore uh, in the yeah. same mould, yeah. Uh, Dean Halitow, they didn't have one an almost big enforcer like yeah. your your Nelson Sofa Solomon. That's a great point, Michael. That's and, a, you know,
2: I, I, I think back now and I, I think people underestimate maybe not so much the West Tigers supporters but they underestimate the influence that Scott Prince had on that team yeah. oh, I and the way, the way he steered final. and the way they steered him, you know, around the park yeah. and, and I think that showed when he left. I think he went to the Pretty Gold sure. Coast and, yeah. Like, yeah. and, you know, and, and how they've struggled since correct, um, yeah. yeah, he was just a massive influence on how they played, he was a massive influence on, on Benji, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah,
1: it let him float in and out of games,
2: absolutely, yeah. You know, and he had a bit of now, And, you know, he, I, I think, as I say, people underestimated actually how good he was oh, in, yeah. in manage in, in game management,
1: yeah.
0: If you watch that grand final back, Scott Prince controlled the entire game, but there's no every question. single facet, and then when he left, you got to think. You speak about his influence on Benji. In oh six, oh seven, even oh eight, Benji was at halfback. John Morris was there. Mm. They would they would put Benji to halfback and mm. and a they back didn't know whether they Lomae. were Martha or Arthur. Yeah, yeah. they did they honestly. Just, they had no
1: idea. No, it was a mess. So after oh five, uh, the West Tigers had they had a few injury sort of play years, but a real inc- inconsistency sort of developed within the club, and this is where. My only sort of criticism of Tim Sheens is, um, after the way that the Tigers won the comp in 05, I think other teams thought, well, Marshall and Farah, they're young. They're going to be around, so let's find a way to nullify that. So other teams got bigger, started picking bigger forward packs, started to develop the wrestle, and I don't think Tim Sheens ever gave Marshall and Farah a forward pack that was tough enough for them to consistently win big games, and that's my criticism. Of
0: I, I wouldn't say tough enough; more just strong and physically big enough. Yeah.
1: There, there would be times we'd win three games in a row, and then we'd just get rag dolled by the Titans.
0: But they were small; they were a small pack. Yeah. they were
1: doing and their best. The other sides were getting the other sides were getting bigger. bigger exactly. And we didn't, we didn't and I think
2: and I think Tim Sheens' way of thinking was: well, I've got a squad here. I mean, you win a premiership in 2005, Mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of sides, I'm not saying that they rest on their laurels, but the really good clubs and the strong clubs um, try and rebuild in the areas that they think they need to rebuild. I think what Tim Sheens did was he put his faith in a lot of plays by by re-signing them to long-term deals. And they may have been deserved, but Mm. Simon's right. A lot of sides have got bigger, a lot of sides got quicker, and they did get ragged old, yeah. And I don't think they made any concession, uh, concessions for that. No. He, he, because when you think about it, I think, and you guys have followed them a lot closer than I have, they didn't make any major signings. No. No. Now, like, the only two years after the grand final that
1: were actually consistent good years where they challenged for the comp was 2010
2: and 11 when they finished top four. Now, that coincides with the signing of Gareth Ellis. Who's probably one of the best, in my view, one of the best imports to come to Australia. And and
1: 2010 and 11 were the two best years that Keith Galloway had in his long career. He played Test. Because he played Test. Absolutely. So. Fair fair call. Two big bodies as well. Yeah. Yeah, So, with that, 10 and 11, but see, that side just lacked that killer instinct because... 2010, we lost a great preliminary final to St. George, who went on to win the comp and deserved I it can itself. go through that step by step if you like. <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. But 2011, I believe, is the year the West Tigers should have won the comp again. We Manly went on to win it. We beat Manly late in the season. We beat St. George late yeah. in the season. We'd won nine in a row. Just had that 20-minute period in the second half of the semi-final in the second week of the semis against the Warriors, where... We're in front twelve nil. We're in front eighteen six. We're in front twenty to six. Just didn't put our foot on the throat and take them out of the game in a couple of little scrappy areas, and we're out.
0: Benji and Robbie should have taken take control. But Can I ask you this, Simon? Game?
2: in those two years where they did challenge, yep. right? What what do you think went wrong? I mean, whether he were they the selections, did they have players good enough?
1: Yeah, um, I believe the players were good enough to win those competitions. Yeah. As I said, St George beat us 13 12 in a prelim final. I've no qualms about that game. We competed at a really high level, and that was just a quality game of football. 2011, we beat ourselves. Yeah. And I just think it was a lack of just killer instinct. And I think if we had a couple of more hard nosed players in the side, I, I think they would have delivered a, a great yeah. final. Yeah. Um, and in saying that, at the end of two thousand and eleven, the Tigers signed Adam, Adam Blair, yeah. who was dubbed the best forward in the world. So they saw the, the they saw where they went wrong, yeah, and signed a guy who could ball play, who was king of the wrestle. Yeah, coming out of the Melbourne system, uh, had one comps there. So two thousand and twelve, the Tigers were competition favourites. They were favourites to win the comp.
0: Seemed like the perfect signing. It as well. was the
1: perfect signing for the West Tigers. For whatever reason, the mix <laughs> wasn't right. Missed the Semis.
2: Missed you, the Semis. Do you think, looking back now, do you think that the that he'd just gotten as much as he could out of them? Well, my point is, we
1: had to release Andrew Fafita to get Adam Blair. Now, if you're Lacking a side that sort of lacks a bit of mongrel and needs a bit of an enforcer, looking back now, he should have kept Fafida.
2: Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but yeah. you know that that's a really good point. Uh, I I mean, I look back at that at that time, and I, and I think he was there for for eight years. Am I right? Nine nine years. Ten was, seasons. Ten seasons, and I think ten seasons. It's it, a long. It's time. a long time, and you know, I just think looking back on how they played and the ensuing years, I just think that. You know, maybe the juices had run out. Maybe he'd gotten what he could out of those players. Um, but yeah, I think I remember 2012, They were the favourites, and yeah, you know, and they just obviously faltered. But yeah. So
1: overall, ten seasons. When the Tigers decided that um, they had to release Tim shoes and he still had two years left in his contract, uh, so they had to pay him out. And the, the the club went through a lot of financial turmoil. You got to think that was. Nine seasons ago, I still haven't made the eight since. So I'm not saying we should have kept him, but you know nobody's so, done a better job since.
2: So so overall, since the West Tigers have merged, and you're both West Tigers supporters. Yep. Um, how would you define his performance of the West Tigers in, in the years that he uh, he was there? How, how would you describe his tenure? well you have to you have to view it as a success as a whole
1: because he gave us a title yeah
0: he won a comp and then that the 11 10, he had two spikes yeah he came close very close in the in one of those spikes and and in the second the first spike he won yeah won a comp.
2: We hear a lot of people saying about coaches uh have they left the place in a better uh position from when he they did. started, he did. Yeah, he did. One hundred percent, undoubtedly. Okay, so that's Tim Sheens. Interesting, um, great record. Yeah, there's no question. You yeah. can't deny that. No. Um, and everybody, everybody's got different views on yeah. on his coaching. Well, other other than in the NRL era,
1: or even going back to 1980, he's second only to Wayne Bennett.
2: He's got four premierships, and Bennett's I think got Bennett's got seven. Bennett's got seven. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty fair record. Fair record.
0: Um, I think I'm going to start with uh, Craig Bellamy now. Yep. So he's considered maybe the best coach of the modern era. Mm. Um, so he started his coaching career as an assistant coach at Brisbane. Correct. Um, there was a lot of media hype around him as an assistant when Bennett and all the team stars were away on origin duty. And they yeah. beat they beat the Tigers, the baby Broncos, they called them. And mm, yeah, Bellamy yeah. Bellamy was in control. I remember that, that. Yeah, That
1: was in Campbelltown. Yeah, it was. Mm. And What a horrific
0: night. So Bellamy Bellamy was in control. Are you trying to upset your um,
2: uh, little oh, cuckold over here? Oh, like, I can't, I can't even back, 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 remember. He's <laughs> my friend. I okay. can't remember it. Yeah.
0: Um, and, yeah, so the media jumped on that. This He's, he's a great up-and-coming coach. He then... Uh, he, he bided his time at Brisbane and rejected offers from, from teams such as the Tigers. Yep. Um, and then eventually ended up at Melbourne. Yeah. So that's obviously been an extremely successful period for him. Won the, the two grand finals that were taken off him in 07 and 09.
2: Mm-hmm. Deservedly
0: so. Deservedly I I so. Yep. Um, that. And then has subsequently won comps in 2012, 2017, and 2020. Yeah. So he's won three premierships with two taken off him. Mm. And I think obviously the main um, criticism of Bellamy um, being considered one of the all-time greats, which I think he is, is the fact, did he know about the 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 salary cap cheating in from that 07 to whatever it was ten period
2: Jeff without without knowing the ins and outs on how rugby league clubs work mm-hmm. and how their recruitment works and all that I, I would imagine that a coach would have a massive influence on recruitment yep. massive yeah. I've thought about this you before. know the signing Especially of someone placed, of his standing there's no question yeah. I think and he would have earned that right after yeah. they won their their first premiership. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, and I think as a coach, the more success you, ha- the more success you have, the more uh, influence you have on on re-signing players and and so on, and so yeah, forth. 100%. And and I think coaches do know what players get paid, right? Yeah. So I think the answer to your question, Michael, is that there's in my eyes, there's no question. He knew. Mm like all the players and all of the management knew what was going on. And for people to come out to say differently, to me, it doesn't wash with me. Like as a player, for example, and I I just finished reading... Do you think the players as well? Oh, there's no question. I mean, look, they without delving too much into what happened, a player's got two contracts in front of him. They (laughs) asked him, sorry, I mean you can't be that stupid can you no really I mean um, maybe some of the younger players right may not have have known maybe their management dealt with it I don't know but a player needs to sign a contract Mm -hmm. a manager a manager can't sign a contract on their behalf so the answer to the question the short answer is yes they did know Um, but you know his record and I'll Talk about that—he's—he's he's probably had three of the greatest players of all time, hmm. right? But they were nobodies when he got them. There's no question about that. Mm, yeah. I, no, no I, I have no issue at all, and I would never—and I'm not, not here to question his coaching ability because if we go back through history, even up until his last year that he's coached to a premiership, he's developed and he's bought players that. Are are on the cusp reserve grade yeah. and can't yeah. even get into first grade yeah. and they're premiership winners and they've improved that's right and you know we look back and players have gone to melbourne have become super players yep. even become state of origin players mm-hmm. have left and gone on to play at other clubs and they haven't played at that level yeah. so he's he, his ability to get the best out of plays is is unsurpassed yeah. they're, they're, there's yeah. just no Same question my only and this is not a criticism to, to be in a role for that long is incredible. Mm. But I would love to see him at another club with different types of players mm. to see whether he would have the same success. That That is my only question. Yeah. Because his record speaks for itself, Michael. Yeah. Mm. S- Simon, he's, it's just remarkable. Yeah.
0: Well, you speak about the players that He's able to get the best out of, and, and the ones he's let go, you've got the likes of Adam Blair, who was, as you said, considered maybe the best forward in the world, mm-hmm. went on to achieve little success at, at the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, even players that were just considered tough, he got them to, to origin and test level, like Dallas Johnson. I, I struggle to think, if, if Dallas Johnson was at another club, he'd be a great worker. But would he be a tester or an origin oh, Probably player? not. Yeah. I mean,
2: the classic example, I think, is Dale Finucane. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Dale Finucane came from Canterbury. He, he admittedly, he was a first grader, That's but true. he actually went to another level, mm. and he's now regarded as a, as a premier second rower. And I don't know if any other club or any other coach could do that. I mean, he 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 bought a bloke by the name of Brian Norrie. Yeah. And, and I read, as I said earlier, I read Cameron Smith's book, and Cameron Smith standing in the game is, is you know, he's up there, yeah. and he he talks about these underrated, or well, these so called underrated yeah. players, and, and he speaks of Brian Norrie and, and how good he was and, and what a team player, and they just improve out of sight. Mm-hmm. You know, Branco Lee is another one. Yeah. Josh Shadow Carr came from Bow reserve yeah. grade. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just, it's an incredible, incredible. My thing is, And when you
1: say you you take Melbourne players out of that system, like I remember speaking to a Newcastle fan, and they were so excited because they were signing Tim Glasby. Yeah, he's an Origin prop, and I remember saying to him, "Don't forget, he's run off Cameron Smith for the last five years, so that means he gets every pass right here. It's perfect." I said, "Is that going to happen at Newcastle? You know, is?" Is that going to happen? And, it does, and his, his career didn't keep on. And
0: then now within two years, three years, he's, he's retired.
1: He's My other big thing is, now you'll see Tino... I can't pronounce his last name.
0: Fasua Malawi, whatever it is.
1: Big Tino's gone to the Gold Coast. You're a genius. Oh, okay. How the hell did you get that out? Yeah, anyway. He's gone to the Gold Coast. Now that kid's now an Origin player. He's gone to the Gold Coast. And everyone, you wait now. He's, he's, the Gold Coast is going to be great because they've got Big Tino. Hang on. Tina is a bit player at the store. Hmm. He generally comes on in the 25th minute. More likely than not, his team's up
2: 12 or 16-0. On the back oh. of Nelson Asafel. Yeah, Had and Jesse Bromwich. Them, um, Thank you, mate. You know, We've got and, an interpreter here, guys. Well done. And he's got Jesse Bromwich and Kenny
1: Bromwich and, you know, just professionals. Christian Welsh. Well, yeah, well, I think this will yeah, be... Season. Professionals like Welsh. Now he's going to go to the Gold Coast. I wish him all the success in the world. But now... He's the guy they're going to look to. You're going to set the platform. Let's see if he can do that with him. Well, it's probably an interesting test case. Yeah. But, you know, I've... I, I, look, the only two players who spring to mind who I can say left the storm and their careers flourished... English ...were freaks like Inglis and Cronk. There's no other ones which they would have flourished anywhere because they are
2: elite well, players. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point, but Cooper Kronk went to the Roosters. Yeah, he didn't really. On the back he of... He was a bit part player. You know, game. the Roosters have been successful since 2003. Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, he didn't play a big part because he did. As a halfback, mm. you do. Yeah. But he
0: was... He was the Curie was the main, yeah. the, the
1: main player. There's That's no question. How'd go without
2: an There's no... You're, you're 100% correct. Yeah. But I'm just saying mm. that the influence that, that Wayne Bennett has on players mm. that come to his club is phenomenal. Mm. And we can't question that. Yeah. Right. But I think with Tino, especially with Tino and the that he's had this year, this will be a really good test case on how he goes. Yeah. Because the pressure, as Simon says, the pressure's going to be on him to do the job up front.
0: I'm backing him to succeed. I reckon he, he'll he be a test player
2: in my, the future. My next question to you, Michael, with Craig Bellamy, mm-hmm. is that he's had, and we don't know what Cameron Smith's doing yet, Mm-hmm. Let's say that he doesn't play. He's had the greatest player that we've ever seen Mm -hmm. with him in his whole coaching career. How do you think he's going to go without him?
0: I think they'll still succeed. On the back of...
2: What, if if his replacement's Harry Grant, Harry it's Grant, work. we've
0: <laughs> we've seen firsthand how much influence Harry Grant, Harry Grant was carrying the torch. Okay,
2: Harry Grant's twenty one years old, and mm-hmm. I think, and I agree with you, he is one twenty two, su- twenty two, one yeah. super talent. Yeah. Without he, he is a ten year origin test plan. 250, 300, origin test, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. But does is he mature enough? To replace a player like yeah. Cameron Smith and and I would never question Norman because I've done it in the past, yeah. thinking that they're going to, to slide and they continue to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. And they continue to be up there. I'm not gonna question them. Mm. But my question is, how is Craig Bellamy gonna react to not having Well, I just think as great as Cameron Smith is, he's thirty seven, he's played over four hundred games.
1: This year he was still in the top seven or eight players in the game?
0: Yep. That's the top five.
1: Okay, you get Harry Grant in that system; he'll be in the top seven
2: or eight players in the game. I'll ask you this one last question. No, I don't think I'll skip a beat. Okay, if Cameron Smith doesn't play last year, mm-hmm. do they win the Premiership? No. 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 And that that's the problem I... Well, that's the issue that I have mm. and the influence that I think Cameron Smith plays and the benefit that it gives Craig Bellamy. And again, I'm not questioning Craig Bellamy because well, it's there in black and white how good he is. This is, this
1: is look at what we're talking about. We talk about how he identified Inglis, Slater, Falwell. Cronk, Smith, Falau, all these... Play- Bromwich Brothers, Tohu Harris... Vunavalu... Justin Vunavalu, 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 all these players who he's identified... And now, look, Cameron Smith's going to retire. They had Harry Grant, who, unless he was on loan to the Tigers, he was going to play for the Sunshine Falcons again. He was their third-string hooker.
2: He's their third-string hooker, but he was identified. Why didn't
1: the other 16 teams identify this kid?
2: Well... He's a freak. From what I've been told, Melbourne have got a great recruiting... <laughs> like, what? Uh, you know, programming <laughs> That's nuts. place. And, That's nuts. You know, it's... But, look, yeah, as, as you quite rightly said, his record speaks for itself. Mm. Um... And, and to be at a club for that long as to do what he's done. Especially being like an angry ant type of uh, ranter and a raver. Usually
1: those type of coaches have a very short shelf life. You know, you, you can scream at him, scream
2: at him, but mate, they listen to him and they respect him and they buy into what he says. I've looked at coaches that have tried to replicate what Wayne, uh, what uh, Craig Bellamy does. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's sort of, you know, it's not in them. Give me, Craig, a, give me an Craig, example. Uh, Adam O'Brien Your, didn't yeah. go down too well with with a ah. couple of Newcastle players, mm, and that. that's just one example. <laughs> Craig Bellamy is just off the cuff. He and and I think I think the important thing to note is Craig Bellamy actually loves the game of rugby league, yeah, and he loves his players, mm. and that's why we see this passion that comes out. Yeah, you know, yes, he's been blessed with superstars, mm. right? There, there's no question about that, but his record is remarkable yeah gets a tick from me
0: um we'll move on to to your man Wayne Bennett the I wouldn't coach. say
2: he's my man but um won, won, the, know, la- yeah.
0: won the last and George Conk.
2: look I think um I mean we all obviously know who Wayne Bennett is and yeah. and his record and yeah. and, and I think what they'll say. and I think and I obviously Wayne Bennett holds a special place in my heart as a St. George supporter mm-hmm. which I'll get on to shortly but my my first memory of, of Wayne Bennett, I mean, it was 1984, and I I wanted to watch that that they showed the the Brisbane Grand Final. So I mean, you might remember this. Yeah, yeah, the Queensland uh, Cup. Uh, yeah, and um, win manly and Brisbane Souths. I think yeah, Brisbane yeah. Souths were playing. And I and I took particular interest <coughs> in it because there was a young bloke by the name of John Elias who was of Lebanese descent. Yep, and I saw that Mel was playing, and I think that was the first time I'd seen Wayne Bennett or heard of Wayne Bennett as a coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he probably um, started off on the right note winning a premiership in Brisbane because he had a fairly good record in Brisbane before he started coaching. And then, then he signed with uh, Canberra, with Don Ferner. Correct. And I think history tells us that Wayne Bennett played an instrumental part. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the coach of Canberra. Yep. Um, and Don and Ferner was in the background. And, you know, they basically came from nowhere because they'd only been in the comp for five years, mm-hmm. you know, and to make the grand final against the star stud Manly yeah. was a fairly good achievement. Yeah. And, you know, by 88, Brisbane had come into the competition. And um, and on the back of Wayne's, Wayne Bennett's success, he, it was a no brainer for them to sign him, mm-hmm. you know, as. As their inaugural coach. Now, I remember in '88 the players that Brisbane had, and the hype surrounding Brisbane. It's a state of origins. Yeah, it was a state with. That you was know, Lewis Langer. Lewis, you know Jay Lewis Langer Greg, Greg Dowling, Greg, FG. yeah, the, the 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 turtle, you know, all those sorts of players. And and I think back now on the, the hype regarding Brisbane in those days, but how difficult that would have been. To to blend all those players because they all came from different clubs in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they had a sprinkling of of a couple of Sydney players like Chris Johns and, and Terry Madison. Yeah, so true. you know, and I think people look at that and they think, well, you know, uh, they should have probably had more success in the early days. Mm. You know, but that would have been a really difficult task trying to gel all those players together. Yeah. But I think I think the I think the most important decision he ever made was probably the right decision because they succeeded after that. Oh, okay. He had to make a really big call on, on Wally Lewis, yeah. who was obviously... Wasn't popular. It wasn't a popular decision. Yeah. You know, he's obviously gone on to become an immortal. I think he mm-hmm. he saw it as... Alan
1: Langer was the guy who was gonna take this club forward and whether... I think Alfie might have just had too much respect for Wally. Alfie was never going to shine while Wally was in the side. Mm. And I think he thought, I've got Kevin Walters here and I think he'll be
2: he'll complement Langer better. And as a coach you've got to make those hard, yeah. those really hard decisions. And you do it every year, but to to, to make it on one of the greatest Queenslanders oh, yeah. of all time, yeah. one of the it's greatest it, players of the, the, all time, one of the, the greatest players of world. all time. Yeah. It was a pretty ba- it was a pretty brave decision yeah. thinking back and 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 it obviously his decisions were justified because they, they won back-to-back premierships in in 92 and 93 mm. against my club and yeah. you know um, and he was vindicated mm. um and people continue to ask and you know people continue to say that he probably should have won more premierships yeah. you know in w- with the teams that he had but but again i come back to you know all these players all these players with these big egos you know, you know. If you go back, you Walters, Langer. You know they had the Gary Belcher, Greg Dow. All these players, and then then you start to develop the younger blokes, mm. and you've got to start making room for them. So, you know, you go back and and look at his time at Brisbane. And I think he coached them for
1: eighteen years,
2: twenty-one, 21 years. Yeah. You know, if you go back and. As a supporter, and say, can you give me six premierships in 21 years? Please. I know what my answer <laughs> yeah. would be because when you work it out, that's that's one premiership every every three and a half years. Yeah, you know, I take that every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think as a St George supporter, when there were whispers coming out of Brisbane that he was going to sign, mm. I, I've got to admit, I was just like I was, not that I could do handstands, but I yeah. wanted to, <laughs> I was really, really yeah. excited because at that time, St. George were going through a phase where it was basically, you know, they weren't improving. They needed yeah, they needed an outside voice. Yeah, um, And he was the perfect man to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 2008, Saints had made the semis. And Nathan Brown, who had coached them, started to bring a few young guys through. Mm. Um, and I think I think Wayne benefited from that. Wayne Bennett benefited from that in two thousand and nine, mm. um, and he even says that to this day that um, a lot of the players that he coached were already well coached, mm. you know, prior to him coming. Yeah. But and I remember I remember St George signing Wayne Bennett and when it became official, and I said to one of my brothers, I said, we will win a premiership in his tenure at this club. Mm -hmm. I I don't know when. I don't know when, but we will win a premiership. Yeah. And, you know, luckily for us, we did. And, you know, he had... People look back, and we had tremendous success. We won two minor premierships. Yeah. You know, we made the semi-finals. Our defence... Which oh, it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. you know, Very you remember side. watching them in 2010 and, yeah. and and you talk about 2011. My view on St. George, like we had a successful 2009. We, we were minor premiers. We got knocked out and, in straight sets and people were saying, oh yeah, here we go again. Yeah. You know, the chokers. And, mm-hmm. and I think they came back in 2010, on them with this really steely resolve and their defence was just remarkable.
1: See, so, and this is where if I can criticise Tim Sheens at all, is we always say, oh, the Tigers, they had, they had a small forward pack. and you know, Well, St. George's back row when they won the comp was Dean Young. Ben Craig, Ben Craig, and Neville Costigan. Throwing Jared Safi. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm saying is Dean Young and Neville Costigan are small forwards, but it's attitude. 100%. And his attitude, mate. And he coached them. To be animals
2: for 80 minutes. Yeah. And that's the difference. And, and they played for mate. him. That's coaching. And they played for him. They, you know, and, and people will tell you now, I've, I've read numerous books on, you know, on, on people that talk about Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett's technical now uh, on the game isn't great. Yeah, yeah he's, a man, he's a man manager. He's a man manager and they absolutely play for him. Yeah. And, and the thing with Wayne Bennett is that he surrounds himself with good people. He surrounds himself with people that know the game. He knows how to get the best out of people, and it was proven.
1: Surround yourself with assistant coaches who don't want your job. That's (laughs) there,
2: absolutely, 100%. And, you know, his record, I I think, in all the time that he's coached, you know, and and we go back to to his first premiership, and I say this with no bias whatsoever. I honestly believe his 2010 premiership was his crowning glory because St George were renowned as. we had a soft underbelly, mm-hmm. you know, and if you go through our roster compared to what Brisbane had, right? I mean, I, I know his performance in 2006, I think it was, Simon, when yeah. they beat Melbourne. Yeah. That was a remarkable achievement. Yeah. But if we look at the rosters compared to what Brisbane had, oh. right, and the teams, his performance at St George was, was remarkable. Yeah. You know, and 2011, I, I still believe to this day that our start to 2011... Which is so hard to do after winning like the We were six prim- points clear in the morning. We prim- were six points clear, and then yeah. State of Origin just yeah. absolute. And that's what come. That's what comes with success. You start to to get more plays in State of Origin, and it just came back and.
0: Who was there that year in eleven? Was it Wayman? Yeah, game? Wayne Bennett. We yeah, had yeah. him in nineteen. South
2: got yeah, picked. Got picked. Uh, ben Hornby got picked. Yeah. Mark Gasnier, yeah. Matt Cooper, Morris. Um, no, the, Morris. the Morris boy, uh, uh, Brett. Brett Morris. We had Denier. we had seven. Yeah, Denier. we had seven Origin yeah. plays. Yeah, and Bray. you know, and all, to, to to do to take that out of basically a premiership winning yeah. team. We really struggled. Yeah, I ran out of gas. You know, we did our our start to that. We were playing better football Mm -hmm. than what we were in two thousand eighteen. In 2006,
1: when he won with uh, Brisbane, I mean, he he had Justin Hodges, Lockyer, Webkey, Seven Oceiver. You're talking all-time people here. Absolutely. The Dragons had no out-and-out
2: superstars. Simon, from memory, I think we had, I think, I might, I'll stand corrected. I think we probably had two or three state of origin players because Mark Gasnier had just come back. Yeah. Right? Matt Cooper was an origin player and Brett Morris were origin players. Yeah. They were the only two. I might be wrong. Yeah. But he developed these plays. They became better players because of him. That's right. Right? Because they, a lot of these players were in our system, you know, and he threw in, you know, Neville Costigan, you know, Jared Saffey was starting to come through. Mm. You know, Bo Scott. Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor. These blokes, they just stood up and they played for him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, t- to say that I was devastated when he left, I was. But, you know what, he, he gave me a premiership that, mm. you know, that I wanted. And, uh, you know, people talk about his demeanour and how abrasive he is and, mm. you know, how, how, how he talks to, to certain reporters and doesn't talk to certain reporters. I mean... If I wasn't a St. George supporter yeah. and I looked at it, I'd say, well, you know what? This bloke's a real dick. Yeah. You yeah, know? and yeah. that's how people he, look at yeah. it. But you can, he, you he can, can tell he, customer, he despises yeah. the media. Yeah. Um, and I've always wondered why, though, Simon. Yeah. You know? It might be some, love to something simple like an,
1: an off-the-cuff remark that a, a journalist has made. And he's, in his eyes, he probably thinks... Uh, well, I
0: reckon it's probably just the fact that he's so involved with his players and they hassle the players.
2: Yeah. So do you think he's trying to defend his players? Yeah. Do you think yeah, he's trying yeah. to protect them? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he does it. Yeah. You can tell he did it with even Latrell this year. And I think he did it with that he, was the one. He I was did it a lot about. with Darius as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so when he left, obviously I was disappointed, and then he went, and I think I, I think he went to call them tumultuous years at Newcastle, you know, yeah. which was pretty tough, yeah. you know, with with what was going on with Nathan, Nathan Tinkler and yeah. you know and. Alex McKinnon Alex McKinnon which mm-hmm. was just obviously heartbreaking for everybody not just him yeah. but everybody in Rugby League and you know he did make a prelim final yeah you yeah, know in his in his tenure there but and then obviously he went on to Souths and I think this is his third year if I'm yes they've made two prelim finals and yeah. you know and we'll obviously discuss this a bit further down the track in our pre-season but I, I still think that they're well I, they're my smokers to oh, win the yeah, premiership I will say that 2021, I think is his
1: greatest... I think it's South's greatest opportunity to win the comp. I think they, they deserve favourites.
2: Whilst this is Wayne Bennett's last year, do you think his time's up as a coach? I'll ask both of you.
0: I don't know where he goes.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he goes. go. I personally don't think it's over, only because, like you said, he's not a great tactical coach. He's a man-manager, and... Uh, you know, it, it, when it, when he left the Broncos someone asked me how do you think he'd go, he'll go at St George and I, and I actually said I don't know, I said he's like a father figure to the Broncos I said but now is he going to be like a grandfather figure because he's getting older and older but if he's simply there to motivate and get the best out of a group of rugby league players I think he can keep going
0: well he, he still you see the influence he has on people like Latrell so it's not like he's losing influence, he's still and that's that's the biggest aspect of his coaching.
2: Yeah. I have a view that if they announce a new team coming in a Brisbane team. A yeah. Brisbane team Which they, they would be dumb if the, they did not get him mm. to block I think you will at least coach him for a year or in some capacity. Mm. You look, the guy's seventy one. Okay. Put it to you this way.
1: If he didn't coach Queensland in origin this year. I was
0: about to say, we, we have to mention that. You have to mention that. It'd
2: be 3 now. It would be yeah. 3 it would It's actually white
0: ridiculous. White-white. It's ridiculous what he did with that team.
2: Well, I'll tell you what was even more remarkable, right? If we go back to the vision of State of Origin 2, when he was in the dressing room smiling yeah. and being happy, it came out and you could see it. He was telling his players, listen, guys, mm-hmm. our third game's in Brisbane, <laughs> right? He he I think deep down he knew that they were gonna lose that game. Yeah. Right, but he knew that he could get them up for that third game. Of course he could. And
1: it was there. Like you tell me, you tell me, and I mean no disrespect to these people, but if you would have if I would have told you at the start of 2020, Queensland are going to be playing New South Wales, and their back line will consist of Edric Lee, Brinkko Lee, AJ Brimson, A.J. Brimson, and Corey Allen.
2: I thought you were going to mention the league.
1: Yeah. If if I would have said they would have got within thirty points of New South Wales, you would have said I'm dreaming. No, there's no. I I agree with that. And that's coaching, mate. And that's that's great coaching. That
2: is. There's. And there is your example, Michael, of you know players playing for their coach. Mm -hmm. You can be the most tactical coach in the game. Mm -hmm. You can be an absolute genius, like. the Brisbane coach that was sacked um, Anthony Seabolt yeah Yeah. from what people tell me wonderful guy but sometimes too much knowledge we're we're talking rugby league players who who and again no disrespect a lot of them finish school early they don't go to university they don't have the social skills of a lot of people right To, to feed them stuff and you know, and to be too technical with them, mm. it just doesn't work. And that's what Wayne Bennett's greatest success is. He knows how to, to relate to certain people and he knows how to get the best of them. Yeah. So in my eyes, he and his record will tell you he's the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. My, my thing, if we're going to talk about other coaches and
1: the, there's a group of coaches that are sort of, I always put in the same sort of category where... You you can tell that they they have a great amount of knowledge and they're probably great assistant coaches. But if I were put like Jason Taylor, Stephen Kearney, Matthew Elliott, Brian Smith, those type of coaches, you can obviously they have a great knowledge of rugby league. But for whatever reason, whether they overthink rugby league or they overcoach. I don't know what it is, but there's a reason why they didn't get the ultimate. And it doesn't matter what you say; coaches are going to be judged by premierships. That's yeah. how you're going to judge a coach.
2: We can't sugarcoat that at all. No, right. Ultimately, it's driven by success, right? My view on coaching in this day and age: mm. I go and watch a lot of junior rugby league cup games of footy. I'm a footy head. Yeah. I look at, you know. Rugby league teams and junior rep teams, 15, 16, 17. And to me, everything looks so structured. Yeah. I just think at that age, we should we, we want to see their skill, yeah. right? I, I don't, I'm not a believer in playing left and right, right and left, not at that age group. I understand that they're, they're, they're grooming them to play rugby league. Mm. My issue is that coaches at that age think they're first grade coaches. Let's remember yeah. there's 16 first grade coaches. Yeah. Not everybody can be a first grade coach. Yeah. And Simon, you were right. Coaches over coach. Yeah. They actually think they actually because it's a tough gig. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, not many people can do it. No. But the but the issue I have is they think they they try and outsmart themselves. Mm. And they actually think that they're smarter than what they are. Rugby league is a simple game. Yeah. I love the the press conference after They've been whipped by 20.
1: And you know, and they get asked and you can see him thinking,
2: How am I gonna answer this? Well, the classic example is Des Hasler, who what he <laughs> talks in tongues. Talks in tongues and he talks in words. But yeah. I will say this, yeah. he has improved. Someone's obviously spoken to him. Yeah. Because he, now he's giving proper answers, yeah. but a lot of coaches will talk in riddle to try and baffle you with their yeah. rubbish. Yeah, it's like right. critical speech. But, but, but people like you and me, yeah. who have been around the game long, uh, a lot longer than what Michael, we can see through that. We're not experts. Nah. But but as i say, rugby league is a simple game. I've always been taught: okay. if you run harder than the opposition, if you tackle harder than the opposition, nine times out of ten, yeah. you're going to win the game of footy. That's right. They overcoach. Well, if we're going to talk
1: about Craig Bellamy being one of the greatest coaches of all time, his win percentage, I think, is 60%. Correct. So the greatest coach of all time
2: loses four games out of every 10. So it's a fine line between yeah. success and failure. We're, we're, it doesn't matter what we do in life, it's always judged yeah. by winning or losing. Correct. But for some unknown reason, we still get coaches that get coaching jobs yeah. right? in the NRL yeah. based on what clubs think they can do, That's mm-hmm. right. but we have to remember, right? there are a lot of coaches out there that are very good at developing plays. See, so again, I've got a theory. There are two types of coaches, coaches that coach for today yeah. and coaches that coach for tomorrow. Yeah. The ones that coach for today are looking over their shoulder because yeah. a- they're under pressure. A lot
1: of coaches are selfish.
2: No question. And you know what? It's
1: probably tough not to be because they probably think, I've got a three year window here. You know, am I going to blood all these 19 and 20 year olds and or am I going to just stick with the old who's going to, you know? Yeah.
2: Can I quickly give you a quick example of coaching for today and coaching for tomorrow? Yeah. And I'll talk about my club. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, as you know, you know me quite well, so I'm not very, um, <laughs> I don't bag my club very often. No. Mm-hmm. But Paul McGregor is a classic example. Yeah. Unfortunately, the players weren't playing for him. Right? So Paul Paul McGregor had to make a decision. Does he stick with his tried and true to get him out of this rut to try and get him a new contract? Well
1: the captain was playing for him.
2: Cameron he was loved playing him. for him. He One, loved him? You saw no, it the, the last game. You. you loved him. One play. Yeah. Unfortunately they weren't. So Paul McGregor had to make a decision. Do I get rid of these blokes that I'm putting in and start developing these young blokes? Mm. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. No. Dean Young takes over for six weeks. Yeah. And his first press conference, I'm going to start developing these young blokes. Mm. We saw, I think, three debuts. Yeah. Right. Dean yeah. Young had a massive opportunity for six weeks mm. to pick players you know that he thought they were ready for verse first grade because he did tell the public yeah. and the supporters but didn't do it yeah right yeah. that's the issue i have you Coaches know that coach for
1: two ter- he probably thought i'm half a chance of getting the job There's no point. So, <laughs> so so, so he, he,
2: instead of his record saying one and five yeah right be better if three and three. there yeah. you go yeah, yeah. um
0: yeah, we'll probably wrap it up there. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll probably be doing monthly episodes, I'd say.
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll be doing a, um, a 2021 season preview. Uh,
2: coming on the up. premiers, which I think might be St. George, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: thanks for listening to the, the Game Changers podcast, uh, a fan's perspective on rugby league. Hope to um, get you listening again soon. Thank thanks. you.